Al, it is time to talk about another hot Netflix series. Yay! Because who doesn't want to do that? Yay! Yay's all around. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who else. Uh... Yeah, anyway. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's talk about some Netflix. Let's do it. Let's talk about ne another Netflix anime adaptation. Ooh. Because they seem to have a great track record with these. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. If the internet is to tell you anything. <sighs> Boy, howdy, do they have opinions. The internet? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an <laughs> understatement. That's a complete understatement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to like feel bad about everything in life, just go check out the internet for a bit. It's true. Mm -hmm. Either way, we're here to talk to you about their live-action adaptation of the Cowboy Bebop. Here on this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA, it's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen, Ladyum. Hello. This is episode 258. And we watched that Bebop. We watched the Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. We sure did. Um, context. I'm a huge fan of the original Bebop. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the original Bebop. Are you a huge fan of the original Bebop? I don't know if I would say I'm a huge fan, but I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's really good. It was, like, one of my introductions to anime. Like, mm -hmm. Bebop and Inuyasha, which, wow, those are two very different series. I mean, I feel like, like this is this series in particular is everyone's kind of, like, baby's first anime for, for a lot of people. Or if, oh, like, yeah. they're just, like, not fans of the, the medium in general, it's just like, oh, that's the one I've watched. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's relatively short and it's easy to get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's very good. It's still very good. Um... I also am amazed at how many times I could see the subtitle of jazz music playing. <laughs> well, if they got one thing down, it was that. It was that. They they're like, Oh hey, Yogokado, we got we got you doing music? Alright, cool. And I you mean wanna, you wanna do music some jazz. rules. Music rules. But it does say jazz music playing a lot in the subtitles. We should it, find one of it an image of that for the pod this week or something. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we uh, we watched this. It's, it's, when did this come out? This came out November the 19th of this year, 2021. All 10 episodes dropped of season one. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're probably going to make another one. Oh, yeah. Especially based on the ending. Yeah. It sure is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Before we dive into the actual show itself, let's talk about the development of the show. Okay. Let's give us a little context for it. All right. Oh, let's see here. On June 6, 2017, it was announced that an American live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop was being developed for television by Tomorrow Studios, a partnership between Marty Adelstein and Sunrise Incorporated, which also produced the original anime. Christopher Yost is poised to write the series, and then on November 27, 2018, Netflix announced that the live-action series would be heading to its streaming service. As opposed to what? I guess actual TV or another streaming service. Okay. 
they paid the money for it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and in, in, an, in an interview with Vanity Fair on October 26, 2021, Yo said he had already started planning a second season for the series before writing the first series, which is something that one of the producers hinted at. They cast a lot of people for it. Mm-hmm. As you know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the producers and writers also looked beyond the source material to the movies that influenced the original director, Shinichiro Watanabe, when developing the anime with Studio Sunrise in the 1990s. The Netflix Cowboy Bebop team researched Howard Hawks' The Big Sleep, the classic Sergio Leone spaghetti western The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, the new Hollywood classic Bonnie and Clyde, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, the neo-noir action thrower Dirty Harry, as well as buddy cop comedy Lethal Weapon, and even the macabre action drama The Crow to represent Cowboy Bebop through the reality of cinema. Wow. Uh, one of the producers said, We put a pretty extensive and expans- expansive list together, and we spent a lot of time really looking at the inspirations. The showrunner did not watch much other anime or even live-action anime adaptations in pre- preparation for the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was also said that it was important to be faithful to source material and also carve their own story for the live-action adaptation. He mentioned, I think a lot of it was that there were so many things that work in the anime, but at the same time, not wanting to do a one-to-one translation because I wanted to be served, if I were a fan, a different meal. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> they sure did give you a different meal. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, regarding Faye Valentine's wardrobe changes... This person said, you know, we tried the uh, actress. Yes. Okay. You know, we tried with the original, but in the original outfit, which is so lovely, it's hard to hide stunt pads and gel pads and black and back plates and things you would need when you're falling and kicking and doing stunts. She worked with head of costume design Jane Holland to figure out a functioning outfit for the character in real life. Holland stated, I do have to say as a woman, I felt resistant to the idea of the lead female character being gratuitous or overtly sexualized. It's not about it being revealing. It's not about any of that, but it, it's actually got all of those elements. But my take on it is that it's de- designed by a woman and it is made by a lot of women and it is worn by a woman. So the same elements are there, but they have just been manifested in a different way. Holland also mentioned it would be easier for Potato to work in this outfit than if she was dressed how Faye is in the anime. The costume designer said it's definitely aesthetically driven, but there's a practical element as well. There's a lot of action we filmed over a long period of time through different seasons. We had a lot of night shifts in Oakland, so Jet and Spike were fine because they had practical, much more pra- they had practical, much more practical clothing in the anime. Pineda, Pineda needed that as well. And apparently, they worked with the same stunt team as John Wick used, which is interesting. Um, I want you to know that in in the sentence that says "doing stunts," I read that as donuts. Man, donuts sound pretty good. Donuts sound really good. Um, yeah, I remember people were real mad when they first saw Faye, and they're like, what is this outfit? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, her tights are rad. <laughs> uh, and then it's also got delayed a bit because John Cho got a knee injury. Yep. Which took him out for eight months. And then also COVID-19 happened. Well, eight months? I didn't realize that. I, re- I knew that he hurt himself, but hurt himself hurt himself dang which that sounds like a mcl acl kind of tear dealio yeah that sounds like an ouchie that sounds like an ouchie as you know Mm -hmm. Uh, is there anything else in here uh yeah so here's the critical response it has been described as mixed and largely negative (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 
approval rating of 46, 47%, excuse me, based on 66 critics, with an average rating of 5.8 out of 10. It's actually higher than I would expect. Metacritic has it at 47 out of 100 from 26 reviews. So, yeah, people really like this show. <laughs> really like it. Um, yeah. I do want to say... I, I I think that the main three are very well cast. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, like I I know that people were real mad about John Cho being cast because like oh he's too old for it, but like honestly, I would not have really thought about the age there, like at no. all. And he's just he he really is able to get that characterization of Spike down pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um. I've never heard of um, Mustafa Shakur. Is that how you say that? Um, sure. I'd never heard of him before, but he was a very good Jet Black. Mm-hmm. He was very, very good. Um, I was impressed by that. And then um, Daniela Pineda as uh, as Faye was also really, really good. Mm-hmm. And the three of them together, they they some of their like bantery moments were some of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, completely agree with that. So that's something they did right. Um, there's a lot that they did wrong. Yeah. I will say I think they do kind of make the main three, though, a little bit too quippy at times. Yes. And definitely they they up the, the amount that they have to curse because it's a Netflix show. And boy, howdy, we want them to cuss because it's a Netflix show. Oh, yeah. They cussed a lot. So I think they basically kind of overdo it a lot in that aspect. I agree with you on that. Um, But yeah, I completely agree with the fact that I think anytime you have those three interacting, it's usually a good time. Some of the best times in the series, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Or even like the the one part where like um, Spike and Faye were just like shooting. Yeah. That was really good. But then you get to like the outside parts of the show, and we're like other characters involved in like the overarching mm-hmm. story, and that's where things mm-hmm. really start to fall apart. Um. Also, worth noting, the wig that they used for Vicious was awful. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it looked like they got it at Party City. <laughs> they went down to the Spirit like, Halloween. That's what it looked like to me. It was like, oh my god, like. That's what you're going with for that wig? Yikes. I feel like the whole design for Vicious is just bad in general. Like, I've definitely seen a lot of people just, like, say, like, oh, it just looks like some dude's cosplaying. And, like, that's not what you want out of your main villain of your, your television series. No, that's absolutely not what you want. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Like, that's that's one thing that, you know, it, it would be... It's 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 difficult to pull off because like you could easily make Spike look like somebody who's cosplaying. You could easily make Jet Black look like somebody who's cosplaying. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to make that look realistic enough that it's like, oh, okay, this is this 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 is what they wear. Vicious? Nope. No. Nope. And I think as well, just like making him the the main villain for the ten episodes. And, like, trying to expand upon his backstory and everything. When in the, the anime, he's more of just, like, this mysterious character that 
has ties to Spike's past and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, eventually there's, like, stuff that's fleshed out, but, like, it's not mm-hmm. the main focal point of the series. The whole the whole idea of Bebop in general is that, like, you're just getting these little interstitial stories that are, you know, in this universe. It's a lot of world building. It's a lot mm-hmm. of just hanging out with these characters. And for whatever reason, they decided we can't do that for this 10-episode television series because that's not going to draw in people for Netflix, I guess. Right. They need a more structured, you know, style of storytelling. So, I don't know. This villain seems interesting. Let's throw them in here and blow out their backstory and make them on screen a lot. But really, we kind of don't know what to do with this character because a lot of the time we're just making this character look like a huge goof, goofball and a goober and a doofus. And right. then making the other character say, man, you're a goober, a doofus, an idiot. And then also, oh, wait, we have to make sure that this character is serious and, you know, is a threat and we have to portray them in that sort of way. It, it, it's none, none of it makes it, none of that works out. It, mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad on necessarily the actor's part, but he is allegedly like a Shakespearean trained actor. And there's a lot of times, I think, in this series where he just tries to do a whole lot of acting to... And there's some there's some mean mugging going on there yeah. for no reason at points. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I I mean, maybe he's just like, I gotta do something with this script. I don't know. <laughs> and and I mean, you've kind of hinted at it, but one of my biggest critiques of this series is that there's way too much vicious. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't need that. Where's vicious's bird? <laughs> it's just. I didn't. I didn't need as much vicious as we got, Mm-mm. and and I I think that giving us more vicious and then making it also poorly done is is yikes. This is a shame because like you could I think you could still use this character, but just make them not show up in every single episode and make those parts of the episodes like the worst parts of each episode. Right, like you gotta have some mystery to it. Mm-hmm. And instead, they're like, mm, here's everything. Repeatedly. Yeah. They also try and, like, redo some of the, you know, stories from the, the anime itself. I think to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the times, like, you'll... If you went if you watch one of the episodes and you go back and watch the episode it's based off of, you'd be like, oh, this, this original episode's probably done better. Yeah, I went back and watched the first episode after I watched the mm-hmm. the series. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is much better. Because they add, again, they add more backstory to the stuff in there, and then it's like, which is not really needed. No. Also, I, I always laugh about how I watched the first episode of Cowboy Bebop when it aired on Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. In, like, what was that, 2002? 2002? Something like that. So I taped mm-hmm. it, and I was going to watch it in the morning before school the next day. So I'm mm-hmm. watching the first episode, and the scene where the the lady, um, what's his name, Asimov's partner is like leaning on the bar, and all you mm-hmm. see is just her cleavage, and the dude's like just going yep. behind her. Yep. My sister walks by as soon as that scene is happening, and she just like looks at me like, I don't think you should be watching this. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh no. 
Oh, that's that's. Oh no, that's that's bad. <laughs> Perfect timing. Oof. So yeah, that was a thing. But yeah, like you get a, a few episodes here and there, just like that are just somewhat copies of stories that you find in the anime. But then they just have to like change them here and there to fit more of what they want to do with this series. And I think for the most part, it just doesn't really do a whole lot for those stories or it's just mm-hmm. like these stories are worse than in this than they were previously right i think something as well that i noticed when going back and watching the original series is that the way they you know the production of this series the the live action series and everything and like all the sets and everything all like the the characters everything everything's too clean yeah and especially with like how they portray this universe in the original series, it's very grimy, it's dirty. Which a lot of that is, you know, probably, you know, stylistic mm-hmm. choices for the production because they want to make it like that. And you can do that a lot better in anime than right. you can in live action, especially in anime from ninety nine or two thousand, whenever this came originally came out. Ninety eight. Compared to something you're making in twenty twenty one. Right. But everything is just too clean for this universe. Like it doesn't really feel like you know, it's like this weird, grimy, futuristic, somewhat dystopic vision of the future. Right. Like, it just feels like everyone's, like, just polished everything up real nice. Nothing <laughs> seems super bad or anything, but this this universe should seem just, like, kind of, like, gross and gritty. Yeah, it's not supposed to be pristine. No. So that's, yeah, that's also a thing. But again, I think it's something they they purposefully did because they don't want this to look too weird or off-putting for people who are going to stumble upon it on Netflix. Right. The general public, let's say. They want it to look all nice and done up. And make it make it purdy. Make it purdy. Yeah, there's no reason to make people up purdy. There's no. no reason at all to make it purdy. Oh, man. It's... Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I, I really think that... The biggest real mess, misstep here, though, is that legit they're like hey do you want to care about julia and vicious and i'm like no i don't (laughs) not really (laughs) thanks um and even like when i first booted it up i was like these episodes are like an hour long why are they an hour long there's no need for that Mm -hmm. um that's prestige tv like i specifically remember um complaining to you about that yeah that was one of the first things you said you're like oh these episodes are like 40 to 50 minutes long this doesn't need to be 40 to 50 minutes long what are we doing (laughs) I was just like, oh, that's Netflix for you. Don't make me touch your eyeball. <laughs> Weird. Max was like, I'm a cybernetic. Are Beep you a boop. cybernetic? Beep boop. Um, I was also very, very worried that they were at one point going to write Ein out. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, are they having issues with dog? Um, But then Ein mysteriously came back. Ein's back. Ayn's back. Um, Ayn's adorable. Mm-hmm. So there's that, at least. At least they did one thing right there, that Ayn is perfect. Although, I don't know, like, how do you mess up a corgi? 
Yeah, that's true. CGI Corgi. Yeah, that that that's how CGI Corgi. I'm glad that it's a real Corgi. I feel I like... Am... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I was cute, but that's yes. it. Um, I feel like the whole thing with like the way the marketing was and like how they very much were like, we're not going to show Ed. Yes. Didn't... Was unnecessary. Yeah, it's completely unnecessary. Like, Ed eventually does show up in the final episode, but, like, it's not something you really need to, like, hold back because people know that character is going to be there regardless. But right. it's like, it's one of those things you're just like, are they just not going to include this character for reasons? I don't know. I still think one of the, I saw this as a suggestion for what they should have done with Ed, which I, I guess Ed got a little bit of controversy because of how the the young actress portrayed Ed. And I was just like, that just seems how Ed would be. That's how the yeah. anime character was. Yes. I, but I, I wish they would have gone with this idea and that they should have just made Ed a VTuber. Oh, my God. That would have been fantastic. That would have been really good. So, yeah. um, There have been a few controversial things about Ed. One, um, Netflix posted about Ed on Twitter, like, the day that it all dropped. Yes, and there's and also, so, like, a QR code you can find in one of the episodes that gives, like, a whole thing about that. Oh, really? Yeah, if you click, like, I watched this, I think, after the fact, a couple days after the fact. I found that QR code and scanned it. That video only had, like, 300 views. I didn't see a QR code at all. It's in, like, the fifth episode or something? Huh. But, yeah, you scan that, and it's, like, a behind-the-scenes with the actress who plays Ed. Oh. And also the, them leaning into, like, people being like, where's Ed? We don't know. Hmm. Well, folks were mad because Netflix spoiled it for them. Like, oh my god! And then people are also mad because um, the the actor for Ed is non-binary, mm-hmm. and so that obviously made the chuds mad. Oh yes. Um. And I mean, honestly, I think that's a good fit for Ed. Yeah. Um. Because Ed is kind of just a Ed is Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what they were expecting because that's how Ed acts in the anime. Yeah, like Ed is kind of spazzy and strange. Um, but yeah, a lot of folks were like, "Oh, you know, it, it looks like a, a bad cosplay of Ed," and like. Ed is gonna look like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like one of the things that's hard to do with you know making live action adaptations of animation is that like when you put character designs that are meant for animation onto actual people, sometimes it's gonna look weird and not right because mm-hmm. it's not meant for people essentially. Right. But I feel like a lot of people like when they go into stuff like this just don't put that together and they're just like, oh, this looks wrong. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's going to happen. It's it's definitely going to, like, you can't do a one-for-one one on all this because there's no way to do a one-for-one one on all this. Right. Uh, you just have to do a close approximation. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the close approximations were really terrible. And I don't, I don't think we even saw enough of Ed to even make a judgment. No, like, Ed shows up for, a, what, like, two minutes at the end of the final episode? I don't even think it's two minutes. Like, a, sh- a very short amount of time. Yeah, it's a very short amount of time. And that's where we get Ayn back, too. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, Ayn's here, and here's Ed. Um, but it was more like a teaser of, like, oh, hey, we're going to get a season two. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't think it's really fair to complain a lot about the character and the the costume and all that when we've got like maybe a minute of this character mm-hmm. and yeah I mean that's just that's just how it is but the idea of Ed being a VTuber is brilliant it's a really good idea that's a really good idea I mean I'm sure that they don't really pay attention to VTubers but Netflix has a VTuber what? Yeah. Netflix has a VTuber? They have a corporate VTuber. Oh my god, what? So like they no would idea. know. Well, I meant more the like production team of Bebop, but Look, Netflix should have been like, "Hey, this is our idea. You're going with it." Yeah, yeah. If, Do if the you know thing. What, if you know what a VTuber is and you don't make it a VTuber, then you're making a mistake. Mhm. Um but yeah, I, I love that it, People are like, where's Ed? And then Netflix is like, here's Ed. And they're like, what? You spoiled Ed existing? It's like, you guys, literally nothing makes you happy. Well, no, it's the internet. Oh, that's fair, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I... I was glad that it was only 10 episodes for now. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna do now, because um, we have the whole like thing with Julia and yeah, like making it, Julia the main villain for the next epi- for the next season potentially. Yeah, seems bad. <laughs> seems bad. But also, why, like, why is that the choice you're making? Yeah, like I, that seems like a real messy idea. And also, like, how are you gonna get all three of them back together? Yeah, because they all split off at the end. Correct, and like. That doesn't seem as fun. Each other. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, yes. Next time I see you, I will murder you. Um, also, like the change to make uh, Jet Black a dad, and like repeatedly bringing that up. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like at some points, it's fine, mm-hmm. and at other points, it just feels like really bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's like they played the Final Fantasy VII remake, and we're like, oh, let's just make him bear it. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, like there were there were good moments, like him like dancing along with the with the uh, play. Yeah. Um, while Spike gets like the ever loving crap beat out of him in the background, like that was entertaining. Um, but there's just so much focus on like, oh yeah, I have a daughter, and I I have to do this for my daughter. Did you know I have a daughter? I have a dad. I'm like, yeah. Hey. They- yeah. They really beat you over the head with it. And also just like I don't know if that character A needed to be a super overbearing parent, I guess you could Mm-mm. call it. But also like I don't think you need to make Jet a somewhat deadbeat dad. No. 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 Like that's that seems weird. And also like um yeah, there's also racial implications here of changing him into a black man and then saying that he's a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Um Yeah. That was not good. I would say not good. <laughs> yeah, not not good. Um uh, that was not good at all. Uh, it was just so bizarre that that was the choice that they made was like, let's just lean hard into this whole dad thing. 
Yeah, it was. Mo- it felt like it, they were just like, uh, well, we need something else for him. Dad. And like Joe was fine. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but yeah, it, it really did feel like, hey, you guys like Barrett? Here's a Barrett. Yep. Yep. <sighs> um. Also, I'm still reeling from the fact that you have informed me that the the lead singer of All American Rejects is in this. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that. I I don't know how to deal with that information. Like, do you, do you know the song um, "How Do I Live" by Leanne Rhymes? Yes. Yeah. So my brain is basically like, "How do I live knowing that that's who that was?" Because I. <sighs> I did not put that together at all. And yeah. The I don't I don't know. I don't know. I was I didn't know he's an actor. Yeah, me either. But apparently that's a thing. Yowza. It's like what is happening here? <laughs> oh man. Um one thing I do want to make sure that we talk about um, with this is that they they put a noir episode in here. Yes, and I think that's maybe the best episode of this entire series. I would argue that it is the best episode yeah. in the series. Because um, I think that's the episode you get a lot of Spike and Faye just kind of Shooting chilling. The yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah. stuff. And then like the jet stuff I think is really good. Yeah. Works really well. It was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they even like made it look like a noir, like with the the colorization and everything. It was fantastic. Yes, hundred percent. Like it was so good. I remember coming out of that episode being like, "This was really good." Like I'm surprised they were able to pull off something this well, and then just like nothing ever reaches that high. Nope. Ever again, which like I think it helps as well, just because like it really feels like it's a the style from the anime where it's just like this is the singular contained story yes and you don't really have much else kind of like of from the overarching story like dipping into it it's just like we have this one particular story we're going to tell you about and that's it that's what this episode is which like proves that if they had done that for the series itself like it would have 100% worked yep but they didn't they did not and um then the very next episode, I was very, very mad because, like, what if we just do some, like, male gazy lesbian scenes? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks. Just what I always wanted. <laughs> like, come on. You ha- you gave me, like, I got all this goodwill from, from that episode I think it was episode five. Yes. And then it's like oh. immediately, let's just suck it back out of you. Yep. Like, what if we just don't do that and we just make a really bad thing? I'm like, oh. You know, you can like have lesbian relationships and not like male gaze it and like be hyper sexualized on it. Like mm-hmm. that is that is possible. That is the thing you can do. I mean, there's definitely parts of the series that just feel like Netflix was like, we got to make this as prestige TV as possible. We got to make it 
violent for the sake of violence sakes at, at various points. We gotta have sex scenes for the sake of sake of sex scenes at various points. I guess say that five times fast. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> when like they don't really add to the plot or the story or just anything in general, but just oh, we gotta fill the quota and make sure it's mature for that kind of audience. Yay. Because there's that one scene. What what episode is it? It's one of the early episodes where like Vicious goes into like one of his facilities, and like that's where the people are like making the drug or or making something for him. Oh, and the one where they just like shoot the naked people. They're all naked for no reason, and then they just murder all those people for no reason. And also specifically, they're like. Let's make sure that we've got a whole lot of like swinging boobies going yeah. on. Um, but like none of these dudes are going to show anything yeah. because we can't show dude parts. It's like, why? Like, why are we like, why do we have these naked bodies? And then why are we being ultra violent towards these naked bodies? And then like specifically sexualizing mm-hmm. the, the women who are actively dying. It's real dumb. Why? It was very, very upsetting. Hot to Garbo. Yeah. Like, I know you mentioned yeah, it before, like then, like, when I got to that part, I was like, that. this is stupid. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah, it was stupid. There was no point to it. Blech. Um, Blech. Segwaying out of that, though. I know another point of contention for people with this series okay. is the penultimate episode, which is the flashback episode. Um, which kind of ah, just—I okay. feel like they're just like, oh wow, we gotta we gotta really dive deep into the backstory of these two characters because oh, we kind of haven't really done that a whole lot throughout the series, even though we kind of have, but we really gotta nail it down and make sure you know what's happening. And it's just. Uh, that episode sure mm-hmm. is a thing. Yep. Like, I don't really feel like you needed a full episode of that just to really get the point across of, hey, here's how Vicious became kind of a real big dummy and Spike had to bail him out and also did some bad stuff to do that and now they don't like each other. Yeah. Um, the only good thing about that was Spike's, like, ponytail hair. <laughs> that was the only thing I was into in that episode. Um, does even a part where, like, there's this whole, like, oh, you know, we don't kill kids thing. And yeah. then, like, a kid is just killed later on for no reason. I'm like, all right. Um, I know we're trying to, like, be edgy and show how things change, but, like, really come on guys um but yeah the the mm-hmm. ponytail was the only thing that was like all right I, I could live with that but the rest of it like oh 100 it just makes vicious look hokey as heck it's just another aspect of the part where like everyone and, will just call um, him an idiot and then he'll have to do something ultraviolet to look serious but everyone still is like this guy's a dummy who cares Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a dummy and he's spoiled by his dad. It does not like the it's whole like, backstory episode does nothing to help him as a villain. Okay. Nor does a whole lot of the other stuff in this series. Let's be no. real. No. 
Yeah, and it doesn't really do a lot for Julia either. Like, okay, cool, she's saying, yay. And then, like, once they, they have a little dance and they're like, oh my once. god, oh my god. Our faces were close to each other at one point. Oh. I'm in love. I was like, that, what? No. I you witnessed, gotta, like, build that I witnessed up a little vicious bit, guys. beat the crap out nope. of a dude. You they want a bone? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is happening? They just went fast forward through so all that. Bizarre. Oh, yeah, 100%. And just poorly done. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that entire episode was a show. Yeah. Yeah, just entirely unnecessary. Um, like I said, I think a big mm -hmm. problem here is way too much characterization of Vicious. Like, make him? Yeah, I don't know. A little bit, like... Impossible. Mysterious? Don't make him into just a complete dummy that's like oh man he can't do anything the spike's there and the spike's not here so I'm just gonna be a dummy the whole time oh no I can't show a dummy murder faces <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, those angry faces are quite a thing um, his like weird betrayal scene Mm -hmm. I don't know. The whole thing was just a mess. Big mess. Uh, I didn't realize. I should have guessed that the internet was not happy with that, but I did not. I didn't realize it was controversial on that episode. I mean, I, I feel like at least that one makes sense because, like, that whole episode just kind of eh. It sucks. Yeah. And just kind of comes out of the blue, and you're just like, "What? What? Why? What? What?" Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Julia's just got to shoot Spike. Knock him funsies. out. Yay. Now I'm the leader. I don't know. Like, where do we go from here? Well, apparently they're going to make another season because that's how they make money. Yeah. And then Netflix will cancel it probably after the, the second season. I wonder if oh. they'll do any retooling of the show at all, considering all the mediocre and negative reviews it's gotten. I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. But at, but at this point, you know, you're a second season in. Like, what do you do to change this? Right. That's the... That's the question. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you fix these problems? Especially with how you've set up a second season. Right. Where you're kind of diving more into the same problems that you've had in the first season. Right. And now you've set yourself up with a Julia antagonist. <laughs> you've set yourself up with that and then also the fact that everyone's going to be split up and how do you reconnect everyone without it seeming like you're just putting them back together for the sake of putting them back together. Right. It's not a situation or a mess that I would want to have the job of sorting out because that seems like a very hard thing to do. And I don't really see them doing it in a way that's going to work. Um, can I also mention something that's very, very small that I was sad about? Like, it, I, I understand and I'm not, like, upset at them about it, but I was just bummed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Faye's stuff is on beta, right? On beta, like on beta tape? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I can look and see if that's mentioned at all. I think I remember it being on beta, and it's on VHS on here. I was like, oh, man. Like, that was part of what was so entertaining about it, is that it was beta. So it was like the dead version of the dead media. Mm-hmm. Like, the failed dead version. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was on beta. It might. That sounds right. But I don't remember. I don't either. Per se. Yes. Uh, episode 16. While Faye wastes money betting on horse racing, a package, addre- a package addressed to her arrives on the Bebop containing an old Betamax tape, prompting Spike and Jet to look for an appropriate device to view its contents. Like, that's funny to me that it, it was a beta. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it doesn't seem as, like... I don't know. I, I, I was just kind of, like... Well, the whole thing they do is make a joke of, like, what's a VHS tape? Right. As if, like... No one watching this would ever know what a VHS tape is. Right. And like which that is, would be which, it, it just seems like you're 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 hitting like just the bottom of the barrel in terms of trying to make jokes in that case. Yeah. Like you're just Especially not even when trying. you could do so much more with a beta. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it, it's <sighs> Again, minor complaint. And I, 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 I'm not even, like, upset at them about it. It was just sad. Low-hanging fruit. Rip the beta. What if it was a laser disc? Oh, should have been a laser disc. Cool. That's cooler. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Exactly. I like how they specifically point out that... that John Cho grew out his hair. It wasn't a wig. Please don't say it's a wig. Not a wig. That's my hair. That's mine. Real hair. You went to hair club for men. (laughs) God. God, God, God. Um. Yeah. I don't know what to expect here. I don't know what to expect from season two and what's going to happen. And I don't know. I feel like, if anything, it's not surprising. No, I'm not shocked the way this, at all. The series ended up the way it was. I mean, people didn't like that Death Note adaptation they made. I didn't even watch that one. Coming into this, a lot of people were very tepid about how this is going to go. I was cautiously optimistic Mm -hmm. so like this coming out the way it did and just being mediocre to bad at a lot of points just is something I wonder if this is going to change the opinion on like that one piece adaptation they're doing or like the Yu Yu Hakusho one they just announced of people just being like way more like on edge about those since this came out because as of now, Netflix does not have a good track record with making live-action adaptations of anime. Which, I mean, I feel like that's just the way it is in general when it comes in to general. Western adaptations of anime. Because, like, it's hard to do. Yeah. 
I mean, we've seen some other, you know, live action adaptations of, like from the Japanese side, and like even then, it's not like it necessarily it's a slam dunk in terms of recreating an anime or a manga or what what sort of thing you're doing. But like, I feel like then like they at least have like an idea of like you know what we want to do with this and how to keep the spirit of it alive in terms of like how we're going to adapt and what choices we're going to make with production and all that sort of stuff. Whereas once right. you take it overseas, like I feel like there's just this American mindset of just being like, well, we know what we're doing, so we don't really need your help, even though we'll bring you on as a consultant or whatever, but we're right. going to do it our way. And that's the way we're going to do it. And it, it usually just ends out very poorly. I feel like they just don't trust the the audience like at all. Um, I think I think that's also a big part of it. They're like, oh man, you're you're dummies and you can't figure out anime. So here's here's this dumb Western version of it, and it's like, why, 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 why? It's probably just the idea that you know anime is considered a niche medium. Yes. And if you're adapting it to a much broader audience, that is potentially going to look at anime and be like, "Oh, what's this dumb stuff?" Like, they want to they want to get that whole big piece of the pie. They want the whole right. pie, not just a little sliver. No. And that makes them do some interesting choices, let's say. Yeah. That aren't necessarily good, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. This sure was a television show. It sure was. Hey, at least they got Tank for it. Yeah, I mean, that was a good decision to keep Tank because if they had not done that, that probably would have been stupid. Like, how do you even replace Tank? You can't. Tank's amazing. I should have got the, the real folk blues for the ending, though. Mm, yeah. But, and I will say that's one thing that I consistently did was I never skipped Tank. Usually some of the intros, I'm like, all right, skip. Mm-hmm. Um, tank, I was like, I can't skip Tank. It's brilliant. So good on them. They maybe not skip intros. Make up 100%. that what you will. Regardless, uh, this sure is a live-action adaptation that has a lot of faults. Yeah. A few good aspects, but a lot of faults. But if there's one thing you could say about this, that, hey, the original series still exists, and that's still pretty dang good. And it's also on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, which I think is a almost a bad thing to do, because it's a real glaring thing to just have here like hey hey this other thing exists and it's way better yep what if you watch this instead yep yep oofa doofa well that's the bibop that's the bibop and that's gonna do it for this episode yay so, if you'd like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Al Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. 
If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can watch her on Twitch at twitch.tv slash M-E-Y-D-A-L-E-N-N-A. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shining Moment of Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. Yay. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Yay. Next week is our final regular episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into our usual trio of episodes for the final parts of the year. Yep. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit, a whole, more like a whole lot about the latest entry in the Life is Strange series. Mm-hmm. Life is Strange True Colors. Because I finally played that game. Yep. Now we can talk about it. So that'll be a fun thing to do. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the DLC. All that sort of stuff. And then, of course, the next three weeks will be our 2022 preview episode on the 18th. Christmas episode on, of course, Christmas. Whoa. And then kicking things off on New Year's Day of 2022, it will be the 2021 Game of the Year episode. Mm-hmm. Before things resume normality. Yep. In the new year. So look forward to all of that, but next week we'll talk about some Life is Strange, because it sure is strange. Sure is. <laughs>